Hello and welcome to How I Met Your Friends, a podcast where three ladies are going to discuss all things friends and how I met your mother. Um, Tonight we have the entire pod squad back. Uh, Allison has come back amongst us to be the soft-spoken yet firm taskmaster. I don't think I'm the taskmaster. I disagree with you on that because I possibly do more sidebars than you guys. I don't know. Kathleen, you and I forgot to do friend of the day and went on for 14 or 15 minutes in our intro with Trevor without Allison. Well, we were doing things. Allison is the timekeeper, but you're in charge. Yeah. I guess that's true. That is, okay, that's fine. I am a keeper of time, a made-up construct. You are very good at it. Thank you. Time is a flat <laughs> what is that from? Why, why? Oh, um. Oh, God. Hang on. It's fine. So, real quick, we're going to remind everybody who we are. So, um, as the aforementioned and self described uh, leader of this pack of ruffians, I'm Julie. You're the pod mom. I'm the pod mom? Oh, yeah. gross. <laughs> I'm in. Why is my phone going off? Oh. Hello, Huffington Post. I don't want to know about that right now. Uh, I'm in Portland. I'm an editor and I publicist for books and I crochet a lot. Remember, this is still my, this is how I Uh self-identify. And Uh, I'm Allison. I'm also in Portland. I am also an editor for books and blog posts and social media and all kinds of content for the tech world and insurance and <laughs> and um a, a dairy company it's weird. all fun that's weird no it's like a lot of different stuff so i'm always reading something new and it's always fun and i have the best dog in the world fight me she did have to go sit in the bedroom with dad though because she's being a pill tonight yeah she just wants me to hold her like a baby which in any other context would be the sweetest thing in the world but we're trying to record a podcast it's true all right and via skype as always I'm Kathleen. I am in Cricket River Ranch, Oregon, and I am a birth and postpartum doula, um, and I've got a pretty cool cat. I actually, so I have these socks now that say, my cat is fucking awesome, thanks <laughs> to my mother-in-law. I saw them. Um, yep. I got six chickens also, and uh, a bunny. Um, and remind me what the chickens' names are. And we call them the six chicks from uh, 13 going on 30, right? Uh, well, I just call them six chicks because there are six of them. Okay. But remind me their names. They have official names. They do. They ha- They are Georgia. I almost said Karen. Not Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia, Henrietta, Margarita, Ina, Selena, and Amelia. Aw, they're bitches, and they will peck your feet, but they're pretty. They are they're, little bitches, they're, um, but they're, they've gotten a lot better uh, since I've, you know, kind of contained them. Yeah, so it's fun being out on her little, uh, her little farm. We talked a little bit last week about New Year's, like, resolutions and our word for the year, so we're not going to talk about that. Um, Allison 
do you have any feelings about the new year being a week old and the fact that we were, we, we watched the ball drop, but we watched it on New York time yeah. and then we watched a, a Netflix movie, terribly funny movie, but it was also <laughs> terrible. And then we kind of all just went to bed. Huh? We watched the package. It's, I think, okay. So remember the movie you and I watched the other night called Alex Strangelove? Yeah, that was adorable. So the main actor in that movie is in another Netflix one called The Package, but it's kind of along the lines of, like... He cuts his wee-woo off. One of his friends, there's an accident, and it involves his <laughs> member, hence The Package, and you it's... You can't cut that off. Right. It's a, like, um, you're out camping with friends style, like road trip style movie from like the nineties, but in the two thousand, it's, it is funnier than I thought it was going to be, but it's kind of gross in quite a few places. Okay. Yeah. Whereas I enjoyed Alex Strangelove much more because it was just so sweet and like. Campy. I loved that movie a lot. Um, I feel like we're going to have to watch it again. So, but I did want to tell you guys, um, and unfortunately it expires according to Hulu on Thursday. Wait, you were asking me a question. Are you oh, about your New that? Year's. What, what, how do you feel about the New Year? Um, I hate it already, <laughs> and I'm ready for uh, Roaring, Roaring Twenties Part 2 in 2020. You already want 2019 to be over? Yeah. Honey, we gotta work Dude, on it's this. Dude, it's gonna be the Roaring Twenties next year, and we need to have, like, a party, and... That's I'm fine. I'm But it's also going to be an election, and it's going to be a shit show. Yeah, they so all I are. So I want to keep this year as much as possible and, like, think about politics as less God, I can't believe it's already going to be an election again. I know. I can't believe it's going to be, that's going to be. I think it's 2019 that, None of that makes sense. 2019-99? <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen, will you please throw a New Year's party and call it party like it's 2019-99? And can I also please be invited? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's going to be the new thing. We're going to have a New Year's party every year at the playground. Okay, so here's what we have to do. Everyone has to come to the party in their 90s attire, and then at midnight everyone goes and changes into 20s attire. Yes! Wow, you guys already have this planned out, and you're so loud right now, and even I'm like, please, Because please these stop. are A-plus gold star ideas, and you need to get on board. And also, any excuse for me to wear these dresses. I know you have I that's fine I'll I'll figure it out but what I was going to tell you guys is that unfortunately with all the shows that like you know expire off of Netflix and Hulu every month and you see those things like it's leaving and you better watch it there unfortunately Blossom is leaving Hulu already I don't know how long it was on I have only known about it for a couple months so I'm wait I haven't even gotten into it oh, I I'm, I'm sorry hell out of that. I'm so I'm I'm binging. I'm almost I think I'm almost the last season. But what I will tell you is when I turned it on the other night when you guys were still at the gym and I wasn't feeling good, it was the second part of uh what I didn't realize was two episodes with David Schwimmer playing Sonny Padalano, the 26-year-old mechanic who is dating our 16-year-old character 6 played by Jenna Von Oy, and it is precious 
and disgusting at the same time. <laughs> no, because he's a very, like, you can almost see the beginning of Ross in that, like, he plays a character who just wants love. He just wants to be loved. He wants to give love. He just wants everybody to be happy and be, but by the end of it, you're like, dude, you, he literally falls in love with every woman that he comes in contact with. So in that sense, he's very Ted too. But so then, so then six is like, dude, no, I can't do this. You're still married. You're in love with me. And then you're in love with somebody else. I'm out, bro. But he's just so like, it's David Schwimmer as a baby. And yet, like you already can see, I don't know. It, I feel like you might need to, I can tell you which episodes they are. We can put it up on social if people want to check it out really quick on Hulu before it leaves. Um, but it was just so interesting. And I know that we had talked about this before, but that was the audio that like, we couldn't play because I was laying on the floor and we couldn't hear you and blah, blah, blah. But if anyone is interested or you can find it on YouTube, like just the two episodes where David Schwimmer is a guest star on Blossom, I highly recommend it. Anything what else? What is the day that that is leaving Hulu? Or is it at the end of the month? No, it says Thursday. Like as in two days from now. Oh, what the hell? I cannot binge that much. You'll have to, I don't know if there's a way to confirm. So you know that like on, I think it's either on, is it on Netflix when you actually go in or is it just those lists? They're usually at the end or it'll like, they're, some do leave on a rotation and I don't know why it would randomly be leaving on like, what would that be? The 10th? Yeah. Like why would you, January 10th is some, but maybe they have to like renew some contract and it'll come back. Um. I just know that, like, I'm almost to the end, and I just can't remember what she does to go off to college, and so I kind of just want to get to that point, and then be like, okay, I, I rewatched it. Like, wee! So, I did not watch Dawson's Creek when it was on TV, and then it was on Netflix for a long, 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 long time, and then I decided I was going to watch Dawson's Creek on Netflix, and I got all the way to like the middle of the last season and then one of those lists came out that said Dawson's Creek is leaving and I was like what the hell I'm never gonna be able to finish this and that actually kind of pissed me off a little bit I've still yet to see the end of Dawson's Creek I've seen it all the way to the end but I can't remember if it was because it was on like reruns on like TBS or TNT or if I watched it on Netflix or Hulu. I can't remember. I know how, like, what happens and how it ends and blah, blah, blah. I, I, um, posted, I posted on the Facebook, because that's the only social media I had back then, and one of my friends said, so what you're saying is dot, dot, dot. Right. You don't want to wait. Ah, nice. Yep. Anyway, sorry, this is not about Dawson's Creek. It's not. So real quick, I want to catch some people up with some fun stuff that we have been talking about on social media. So we got a really lovely review on iTunes, and I believe I still have it pulled up. Yes, I do. So um, this review says, these gals are quirky and funny. I keep changing favorite. Julie's the cordially firm captain, aye aye. Um, Allison's laugh is contagious, but Kathleen gets me chuckling the most. Uh, these friends are so fun to listen to. Of course, I'm also biased because they're discussing my guilty pleasures. Here's the thing. Don't feel guilty about watching Friends or How I Met Your Mother. It's not, that's from, though? it's not keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh. Uh, um, this is from the host of the Life of Sandra Marie, or the Story of Sandra Marie podcast. Um, he interviewed his mom about 
growing up uh, in, I believe, Utah in, like, the 50s and 60s and realizing that she was LGBTQ and then dealing with, like, the Mormon church and some stuff. So I don't want to give away too much if people want to figure it out. It's very well done. Um, His mom is very interesting and quite lovely to listen to. Like, very nice voice. To where you're just kind of like, well, I could just listen to this, like, all day. But we had some fun on social media recently. So, um, in our last episode, we had Joey and Chandler having to share a bed. And my friend Kayla says that she just loves their bromance. And it's true. Like, they they don't get enough credit, I feel like, sometimes compared to Monica and Rachel for, like, besties. Because they really are. But the thing that got everybody up, and I was so, because, you know, you got to make, like, grand sweeping statements, and that's what gets people to respond. So we were talking about uh, Claudia and Victoria and our theories on who she's on the phone with. Allison, since you weren't with us, do you have any alternative theory besides, I mean, so it's either... Victoria on the phone or it's not and she fires the first baker and then Victoria steps in really quickly makes the cake it's amazing blah 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 where are you landing so when you first mentioned it to me I thought it was probably Victoria but then I don't know Victoria almost seems too comfortable at the wedding not as if she has been yelled at and is walking on pins and needles so I'm going to fall on the side that she's the replacement baker okay so Kathleen's doing a happy <laughs> dance because that's her theory. This is my victory dance. So our friend Alyssa Hanchar, who lives in um, Chicago, responded. And what her main question was, though, what's the difference? When I first watched it, that was my reaction. Also, it's a cake. A cake isn't going to ruin your wedding. A crazy relative or a friend who insists that they checked plus one could ruin your wedding. Now, here's the thing. Claudia is unfortunately the kind of bridezilla that's going to allow everything and anything to ruin her wedding. So we have to point out that majority of people I mean even Lily I hate to give some things away (laughs) up until a certain point can kind of take some of the things that happen at her wedding in stride but um since the only person in the room who has gone through and put on a wedding Allison would you say that pretty much anything that goes wrong is stressful because you're just trying to have a perfect day yes I never threatened to fire anyone or burn down their shop but yeah there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of stress. It's, it's usually family, though. No, it's absolutely or true. Just guests. In so general. our friend Gloria says she is definitely yelling at Victoria. They make a point to say that Claudia knows the guest list backwards and forwards, but not necessarily the other people involved. Victoria was not on the guest list. She made the cake. They even say in the episode. But she says, P.S. This episode was just a perfect example of how Ted was the absolute worst. <laughs> Ted is the absolute worst. Right. But, okay, I... I understand that they made a point that Victoria knows the guest list backwards and forwards, upside down, with her eyes closed, does not matter. She is Bridezilla who knows all of her vendors. Why would she not? And then just the way that she casually threw it out, oh, it's some little bakery, blah, 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 blah. I have another theory about that that's going to come up in this episode, and we're getting to how I met your mother first, but... Um, Gloria had another point. She says, isn't it weird that Ted plays the piano perfectly in this episode, but later on he says he wants to learn to play the piano for Robin and Bernie's wedding. Just another one of the show's inconsistencies. Well, Kathleen and I happened to be hanging out together waiting to start this movie the other night. And so 
we were talking about it and we realized that there's a couple things going on here. First, he's telling his kids a retelling of what he told to Marshall and Lily of a retelling of what really happened. So three layers deep, there's got to be inconsistencies because he's trying to make it too perfect. Like they had all these perfect moments. They, he played the piano while she did a fake little soft shoe two-step or whatever. The other thing is in, um, what we know of in the book world is he's an unreliable narrator. And in that sense, because he's the only one telling the story, we can never actually be sure that anything he's telling us is true. Um, and the ladies over at Hey Beautiful Pod uh, posed the question too, wasn't he using the piano lessons as a cover? And I said, but then we see him dressed as Liberace and then he, he, he actually tries to play the piano at the skating rink and then he like goes skates and, and falls down. But he actually does take piano lessons dressed as Liberace in the apartment because they've always had a piano because Marshall plays it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she had a response about the castrati. So the joke Barney makes about Ted going all castrati is a joke about Ted's sexual maturity. Essentially, he's making a joke about Ted being a woman. As he always always does. Right. Um, and As he's going to do a lot in this episode. As yeah. Barney is wont to do. As Barney is wont to do. So I put a post up today or yesterday um, that was a little montage to Victoria and her yeah. boobalicious dress at the winter wedding, which the dress, its colors, and its theme were nice. The strappiness and the boobies out, I have a problem with at a wedding. I'm not going to go into it. Please listen to last week's episode because I talked about it a lot. But we caught two different comments. So someone um, named JPPDX on Instagram says that Victoria really was the best match for Ted. And we'll have more feelings about that much as as this season goes on. And then uh, Milk and Whiskey Pod, which I do have saved to listen to, but I follow them. Uh basically says she should have been the mother. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Let's get into that later. And again, friends, we have already said this is a podcast of spoilers. Apologies, but if you haven't watched it by now. I'm not sorry. If you have not watched Friends or How I Met Your Mother, you should not be listening. But if you are listening, this is new for you. Take it all in. It's perspective. It is. Just listen along with us. So no, I'm a hypocrite. That being said, let's go ahead and get into our episodes, which I think are actually going to, like, I didn't have as many notes sometimes as I sometimes do, but I still think there's a lot to chew on in both of these. So, How I Met Your Mother, episode 14, called Zip, 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 starts with Ted telling his kids with a little bit of a montage of him and Victoria that romantic life is full of firsts, you know, your first kiss, your first dance, your first whatever. And what, stop it, don't be cute. I can't help it. <laughs> I know, you're a romantic and I hate you sometimes. Yep. Um, so what he says is that they're, all those firsts for them, their first weekend together, their first, well, he kind of implies sexy time, um, happens in the first 48 hours. First question I have is, he's, so it's Monday morning. Marshall and Lily are outside his room being like, it must smell like a monkey cage in there. You know, being gross as they are. They've already spent 48 hours together, which would imply Saturday and Sunday. 
So does that mean the wedding was Friday? Who has a no, wedding no. on a Friday night? No. Time out. Uh-uh. Okay. The wedding was like two weeks ago, and Todd, Todd, Ted got the balls up to go find her at the bakery. Yes. Yes. It happened the next day after the wedding. No. Okay, Mm-mm. fine. No, it did not. Yes, it did. They call Claudia as she's leaving for her honeymoon the next day because they say, Lily and Marshall say, where did you go off to last night? Mm Mm-hmm. So, fine, I will concede to your point. However, by the time they get into the cab and go to the bakery, it is dark. And I know that right now it gets dark at four fucking o'clock in the afternoon, but it's already dark, so fine. It's Saturday night. Okay, that's what I'm... Okay. It's just but the little inconsistencies. Take... Nope, 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 I'm not done. Okay. Let's take into account that Lily and Marshall are getting ready to go away for the weekend. So, yeah, sure, maybe Ted went and hunted her down on Saturday, but then, like, shit and life gets in the way, and their first true 48 hours together is the following weekend. When Marshall and Lily are going to, out at the town, that's three months into them dating. Or, like, three weeks, sorry. Three weeks into them dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew that the timeline was skewed. The timeline is super skewed, and it, and it only is now coming up, obviously, because we're watching it with a very critical eye. Well, and, and Victoria was like, oh, we're almost out a month. Right, three weeks later. No. Okay, yes, li- okay. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> this is really a non-issue, guys. The captain. It's a I, I, the captain. <laughs> Sorry, you don't well, ever captain, call me that. Okay, right. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry, I'll fix that. I really spiked the audio. But as they're leaving the bedroom and Lily and Marshall run away to pretend like they weren't waiting, Victoria says, I have to go to work. I'll talk. You have that big meeting. I'll talk to you later. I'll text you inappropriately. She, okay, if you work at a bakery or own your own bakery, and a dude rolls into your bakery on a Saturday, are you not open on Sunday? Because that seems like some prime time bakery time, kid. How is she? I have to go to work. Like, they've been holed up in his room for 48 hours, whatever day of the week it started on. Does she not actually own? It's called Buttercup Bakery. Maybe she has an employee or two. Okay. Okay. Also, maybe maybe she just is closed two days out of the week because she's a really small shop. Red Martini in Redmond, not not a bakery. They are closed on Sunday and Monday. No, I know. Yes. A lot of places are dark or they're dark Monday, Tuesday because yeah. nobody goes. No, I know. It was just, it was finally where I'm kind of like, don't call it I have to go to work. You have to go to your store. Like, you, you're a business owner. It's not going to work. It's going to your business. But maybe she called her, like, employee and she was like, Hey, I'm sick today. I'm down with a case of I need some penis. Please go in and work for me. Oh my, Allison. Maybe she said all those words. Right? Maybe her maybe she maybe did. her assistant is that good of a friend with her. Okay. So Ted her admits is definitely a gay man. Oh, good call. Thank you. And he was like, "Girl, I know. Girl, I okay. I got you. I got you." <laughs> I feel like a bunch of those Christmas movies we really liked have had the assistant is yes. always a gay man. Like when they're a party planner, oh, yeah. the assistant is a gay yeah. man. Oh, that's a really problematic a Christmas movie trope. Yeah. I don't. I know it's problematic, but I still love it. Is that okay? I don't know. Okay, darn. I'm not the audience to ask if that's okay. Okay. So, uh, Ted admits they didn't have sex. 
Because Marshall says, I know my boy got to double digits. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Fine. But don't. But Marshall, no. Um, and he's like, no, we're waiting. We've both gone too fast in relationships before, and it's a good idea. And they're like, it's her idea. And he's like, it's totally her idea. So then three weeks later, because that's literally what it says on the screen, he's like, my testicles feel bad. <laughs> and, I'm sorry. The description of Pop Rocks and Soda. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Um, and that he has one more week, basically, to wait until the month is up. So they shift away from that conversation, thank God, and talk about uh, Marshall and Lily having their nine-year anniversary. And Robin knows the grade equivalent. She says your anniversary, your relationship is a fourth grader. Yeah. I have questions about this. I think that's reasonable that she would know that. You think she wouldn't know that, right? I think she wouldn't know that. We have not yet maybe established that Robin is anti-kid, but she's definitely anti, like, long-term relationship. Oh, no, she's kind of mentioned I don't want kids. But she or, has been a kid, so she would know, like, fourth grade. Kathleen, off the top of your head, if someone said, my child is in the fifth grade, what age are they? Ten. Maybe I'm talking to the wrong people. I honestly forget sometimes, though, when, like, people tell me their kid's age, and I'm like, what grade does that mean again? Like, I, am I just out well, of touch? Okay, so here's the thing. In kindergarten, you're five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Done. Okay. That's like the simplest math. We're not going to go into started late, like, held back a year, birthdays. none of that bullshit. So they mention that they're going to go to this charming bed and breakfast upstate and... You know, it's maple rated service, maple syrup harvest. Right, it's rated top whatever and getaways on a budget. And then that same night, or maybe it's the next night. Either way, they're at home. They're talking about the drive up there and getting up super early to go see the foliage and you know have breakfast because the bed and breakfast only serves it from a certain time and whatnot. And Allison had feels about this. I'm just like, if you're on vacation. And you don't want to wake up at 7 a.m., don't wake up at 7 a.m. That's your prerogative. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Okay, but I also know where they're coming from being on a budget, and bed and breakfast implies that you've already paid for it. And being a past owner of a bed and breakfast in a past life, <laughs> you got to be a little bit accommodating. So what we would offer is when you want breakfast, between the hours of 7 and 9, we'll have it ready for you. Not like buffet style or anything like that. It was still a good, fresh, prepared meal. But if you wanted breakfast at 7.30 or if you wanted breakfast at 9, we would do that. So there's got to be a little bit of give and take on both ends. Yeah, the bed and yeah. breakfast we stayed at in either Port Angeles or Port Townsend or both, I feel like did a little bit more, not necessarily buffet style, but it was a prefix breakfast and then you could come down pretty much any time between 7 and I want to say it was even like 10.30 or 11. And be like, okay, so you could have your eggs anyway. Then it was either, you know, bacon or sausage. And then it was like a scone or a... But it was stuff that was kind of either already made and just needed to be like just heated really up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they decide that they're going to get... They're going to bail. And we don't know yet how much it is. It's going to come up later. But what I want to know is how do they not get charged? That's what I'm saying. If you just sleep in and you miss breakfast, 
that's better than like getting charged for a whole weekend that you skipped out on. So you're gonna at least pay for half. You always have to pay for the first night if you bail on something. Because I've worked at multiple hotels, you get charged that first night whether you show up or not. And I need Lily and Marshall to stop doing things that make them unhappy, <laughs> like the the wine tasting and the freaking tannins. Well, that's what's so funny is this is another illustration of what they think that grown-ups of a certain age, so mid-20s, who are about to get married, are supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be having, you know, wine tasting with friends, going to bed and breakfast, not staying up all night, not, you know, drinking until you can't stand up straight, belching the alphabet. Like, all the things that are actually fun for the two of them. Which is where I kind of sometimes when people are like, come out and have a good time with us. And I'm like, you know, I understand that I'm only in my 30s, but my good time is like maybe a good cocktail and a movie and crochet. Is that a, like, that's what I want to do. So I act older than my age, but then they're trying to act older and making themselves unhappy. Either way. Correct. Yeah. It's not, it's kind of funny. So we're um, at McLaren's. Barney walks up behind someone and says, I bet myself whatever that when you turned around, you'd be pretty and it's Robin. (laughs) And she's like, you've hit on me multiple times tonight. And he's like, well, I can't tell who it is. It's the blind approach. Usually I have Ted to give me a single signal. And she goes, look in the mirror behind the bartender. And he was like, oh, you just see Barney's like mind blown. And he's like. Um, I need you to be my wingman because I can't anymore because Ted's a lesbian and he's in a lesbian relationship. So this word's going to get brought up a couple times tonight in both this episode and the next one. And we obviously don't love the implication that anyone who's taking a relationship slow and thoughtfully. Seriously? Seriously and maybe without all of the sex that comes with it is automatically whether like male or female gay can we also talk about the lesbian stereotype for five seconds because taking it slow is not the lesbian stereotype i mean the joke is the joke is what do lesbians do on a second date rent a u-haul because <laughs> they're already moving in together oh, okay okay yeah okay. so i mean so that's ass backwards from what barney is trying to say No, I mean, and he's, and that's just it, like, it's, again, whatever Barney fears is the bad, you know, it's like the bad thing, like, because he can't be serious, he can't be slow, he can't be whatever, um, and it's going to come up again later in the, a scene at the bar, Allison. Toxic masculinity ruins ruins the the party party again. again. (laughs) Well, it's because, like, Ted's not doing the single man stereotypical masculine thing so Barney's automatically gonna go to the thing that he thinks is funniest let's make fun of lesbians right Ted's a boy but he's like a girl dating another girl because he's being he's being the girl who doesn't want to have sex right away who doesn't yeah. guys don't take things seriously only girls do therefore Ted is a girl part and Barney's just using that as an excuse to like avoid dealing with his yeah. friend not doing what he wants him to do um so Barney says that he needs a wingman or a bro for his broings on about town, and Robin agrees. Because she is, in a sense, and what we've seen and will see later is a little bit more on the masculine side 
mm-hmm. to begin with. Well, also, but she, masculine stereotypes. She was again. not enjoying herself with her friend that night. Oh God, no! Her friend is being well, awful and sticks her and, tongue down a stranger's throat. Well, and Robin was raised to be ashamed of being a girl. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna so. we're gonna hear about a little bit of that in this episode, and obviously learn a lot of it later. So, we have Ted and Victoria in a cab, and. She, like, leans in and she's like, I can't believe in one more week it'll be a month and then something, something. And he's like, really? I can't, I can't believe that it's happening. You can just see her face going like, mm-hmm. I know you've been counting the days. Like, don't lie to me. And he's like, oh, I know you're right. The 18th can't come fast enough. And it turns out she's going to be out of town. So they could wait. And then they're like, or oh, we could just do it tonight. And, you know, he yells out his address and the cabbie goes. And it cuts to a very quick clip of basically porn music. Mm. So as this cut to commercial, because we're watching it on Hulu, I looked at Allison and was like, why is brown chicken brown cow, like, sexy? That's not sexy time. Like, I don't hear that and think... I want to get it on. Maybe it was one time, but it's been so overplayed in the porn. Yeah, like the, the 70s. <laughs> right. And so we got into a, a small conversation, and I just want to hear one answer, and it doesn't have to be, like, current, but is there a an album, an artist, or a specific song that kind of embodies or has been used for sexy time in your past? She's laughing already. Allison, you go. I can't think on the spot like that. I didn't know you were going to ask this question. Yes, you did. No, I said okay. we should talk about your playlists. Okay. I didn't think about mine. Kathleen, do you have one? Um, every firewife that I know currently listens to Wrecking Ball. Not, not Miley Cyrus, but it's oh, like Eric Church or something. That's immediately and what I thought. It's who? Phenomenal. It's by who? Huh? Church? Is that a country song? Right now, we're gonna put a link to the video because it's smoking. You send me that link on on Facebook Messenger later, and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, okay, I so I will I will talk about mine because that's what we were talking about. Okay. So I happened to date someone for a very long time who had very eclectic music, and I will say that sexy time music ranged from Sabbath and Ozzy all the way to Frank Sinatra Live at the Sands, and various things in between but i will tell you that deftones white pony album for me is sexy time (laughs) go play it for just a second hold on let's get to some words oh that's nice okay now turn it off we don't get in trouble all right, you you send me a link. All right, Kath, or Allison, you gotta I got a new one. I got nothing, man. Got nothing. I just I'm trying to look I, at my playlists and see I if anything say, sparks a memory. I will say that my partner has a Pandora radio station called Blue Eyes that gets played often. All right then, and we're moving on. And Spotify and like changed done. it, and, like, and we're done. Now I can't see my lists right anymore. So stupid Spotify. Stupid Spotify. So when we're back from break, we have Lily and Marshall in the bathroom brushing their teeth, talking about how glad they are they didn't go to the bed and breakfast because they would have gotten there all tired, but then they would have had to have sex because they paid eighty nine dollars a night for it, and the bed would expect it. Eighty nine dollars a night sounds like a fucking treat right now with some of the um, 
rooms that I've seen around Portland or the coast. So let me tell you, mm-hmm. $89 a night. Anyway. I'm, I'm saying that's a good price, but I'm not, I am also not saying you can't buy this sex. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, Ted and Victoria come in the house. They're so excited that they're, they're alone. The roommates are gone and, um, Marshall's like, no, we have to stay in the bathroom, Lily. We have to hide. We have to let them have their time together. And Lily's like, well, I don't want to be in here. And something, well, maybe I'll actually floss my teeth. <laughs> I do love that she's similar to me in that I, I hate flossing my teeth so much. I think you'd probably have to lock me in my bathroom to get me to do it on a regular basis. I'm I sorry to say that. I brush my teeth enough. I just don't like flossing them, guys. I'm sorry. It bothers me. Um... It's good for you. I know. Shush. So, we're... It feels so, so nice, too. No, it doesn't. It hurts. Your teeth just feel so free once you get all the gunk out from between them. All right. And they're happy. Okay. Mm. Um. Happy teeth. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you both so much oh, right I now. I hate you so much right now. All right. I'm going to brush my teeth just to get away from you. Brush um, your teeth. Do, 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 do. so we're back at mclaren's and robin comes in and barney is losing his mind because she's suited up and it's a very sexy suit like Uh it's like a vest suit thing and her boobies are out i mean not like but they're out they're tastefully out they're tastefully out and then um oh no they're not they're not at mclaren's they're at the cigar bar yes they're cigar bar sorry and she shows up in her suit and instantly, Barney tries to order for her. Oh, does he? I forgot. I didn't he, notice that. He goes, he goes, she'll have, and he, and she goes, Johnny Walker Blue and a Monte Cristo number two. And he was like, whoa. And I was so glad because he needs to not order for her. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. So you wouldn't order for a bro. I mean. In, not order for a bro. You, you might order for a date if right. you're trying to be impressive. Or a but dick. Also, <laughs> if you want to order for me, you better get all that shit on lockdown. Oh, you better know for sure. And so he The only time you can order for me is if I have gone to the bathroom and I've told you what I wanted. Yep. Exactly what I want. Uh, and so she admits that she knows about cigars because she picked it up from her father trying to impress him. She's got daddy issues and Barney thinks that's hot. (laughs) So gross. She's like, I was this close to being a slut. (laughs) And he's like, slut would have been better, but bro is pretty cool. And then... He's, she says something about, like, sorry he wasn't here, and she, he goes, you're a better bro than he was or something, and I'm glad you can. higher. Yeah, I'm glad you can handle your alcohol. Ted can't drink right now, because he's pregnant, because he's the girl. And then Robin says, you can't, he, Ted can't be pregnant. He hasn't had any sex. You have to have sex to get pregnant? Okay, it is mildly amusing burn in just the sense of, like, if dudes could get pregnant and you could still make that burn at a guy and just be like, ha-ha, you're a virgin. You're not getting laid. But it is kind of not the greatest joke. Um, it's not a good joke, but it came from Robin, so it makes it more amusing than yeah, it would be in yeah. general. So we're back at the apartment, and Ted and Victoria are on the couch. I started to write down Ted and Victoria being ridiculous, and Alice and I were talking about it, and she goes, no, no pretentious like when he says encyclopedia Uh, and when he 
says, oh God, what is it? What is the flashback that they do where he's in college and he's like, well, my parents are from blah, 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 but Marshall, I'm from blah. Marshall says, I'll give you a ride home if you want it to your, or don't your parents live, or you you know, you live in Ohio. And he goes, my parents live in Ohio. I live in the moment. Yes, that's it. <laughs> I have to tell you that if you go, no, no, if you go and like, you can sometimes, I don't remember who had posted it or just over the years of what I've seen. That is literally one of those ones that got made into a meme or a gif. And it's one of the reasons people hate Ted. I live in the moment. And they're just like, you're fucking asshole. <laughs> um, but what's really, it's, so they're having this conversation about fleeting moments and grasping it, but you have to let it go. I want to vomit. Okay, here's the thing. <sighs> they are being ridiculous from an outside perspective. When you're the one that's in that moment and a guy is saying sweet things to you, you're all about it. If you, like, are attracted to him. Huh? They're, not. Not sweet They're not. They're not. Okay, but not to you. But if a guy says your version of sweet things to you, you like it. But it may come off as ridiculous to people who are not in that situation. I mean, this would be the okay. best example. Right, of why people think that Ted and Victoria are meant to be together is that they're both pretentious assholes. <laughs> no, and they are. Okay. No, I Allison had a point about the sweet things. Right. Yeah. In later in the later season, when Barney and Robin meet that other couple, Kirsten. Oh, yeah. And then the guy is actually oh, played by, like, God. Jordan Michael Keem- Peel. Keem- you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The people... So, I, that's where I get, like, Ted and Victoria take themselves so seriously that it has to be, like, this perfect moment and this perfect, like, enough wine and they're going to talk and then the sex is going to... Just get it on. Just do it. I can't... I'm just saying, how'd they wait three weeks? Mm. I'm with you, baby. Yeah, um. that's not your perfect moment. That's their perfect moment, All though. Right. Okay. They do play it up too much, though. They're both, Bye. like, tedding up in, oh. in the way that they're going about it. But... Terrible. They are tedding all over the place. Tedding all over the place. <laughs> he tedded all over her. Um, <laughs> ew. Oh. Please go sit in the corner for the next five minutes. I'll shake the little timer. And then you can come back when it's run out. Did I Barney too much? A little bit. You have to sit in the time for one minute for every year you've been alive. (laughs) Oh, man. You offended Kathleen way more than you offended me. (laughs) I can't stop. You said it all over. (laughs) We have had the conversation about how laughter hurts my shoulder. Now, both of you have made me hurt pretty bad. Stop. Okay. Lily and Marshall are listening from the bathroom. It's been 45 minutes. Lily said, no, Marshall says we could have done it three times by now. And Lily goes, how about five? And then they high five. This is one of the first, but definitely not the last, of a very synchronized high five that these two do that I love. Mm -hmm. Love it. You know how to do that, right? What, high five over some No. You know how to have the perfect high five? No. Oh, girl. You look at the other person's elbow. Oh. oh. Okay, we'll have to try I, it. I, I was I today years high. old when I learned how to do the proper high oh, five. Oh, did you you want to hear what Kathleen learned this weekend? What? What she was today years old when she learned this weekend? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that Flo Rida's name spells Florida, and that's where he's from? Okay. She didn't know that. Okay, you cannot make fun of her, though, because, like... Don't talk about it! Because... <laughs> 
we tell them? I think we already yeah. talked about it. Did we already talk about We talked about peanuts, but what did we talk about on the pod? We did talk about peanuts. We talked about peanuts on the pod already. Fine. Julie didn't know where peanuts grew Shh. from, and that's I all we're going to say. Were... We've already talked about that. But they grew on trees. They do not. They do not grow on trees. No, we were, they were playing like a, a Muzak station on the TV at our mm-hmm. friend's house for our little favorite things party, and it, she sees it, and she goes, that's most Florida. And me and <laughs> Vanessa just look at her, and we're like, what? It was so good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't then, mind that Lily and Marshall are synchronized important. synchronized enough to have got it done five times in 45 minutes. I'm not mad. Now, they do open the door I'm to get... I'm with Marshall. I know. They open the door to get a better hear, like a better sound. And when... So this is one that you have to really be watching to, like, see it. You can see it from your... Like, the camera's behind Ted's head, so you get Ted and Victoria, but all you see is Marshall's head like floating out the door of the bathroom and he's just got this like psychotic grin on his face and you're just waiting for ted to look up and be like marshall and nope he doesn't see him and so like everything everything goes on about but they can hear what they're talking about and how like i want to know your soul and all that crap and lily's like i'm gonna vomit but we're back to barney and robin and they go to laser tag which is super, like, fun. Robin's having such a good time. Obviously, she's, you know, a little bit of a violent nut. Gun she's nut. very competitive, too. Very competitive. Um, and so they're playing. They're having a really good time. Back at the apartment, though, Lily is kind of getting sad uh, and maybe a little jealous of Ted and Victoria because she points out that they're not going to have any more firsts, right? Like, they aren't that romantic anymore. They talk about just like life things and whatever and I will say this comes up on friends uh with Monica when she realizes like if she's gonna get married then there's no more like first time with a new guy and the excitement and all that kind of stuff so you don't you don't get any more first kiss but yeah you get a last your kiss first gets spread out a little bit and it's not bad it's just different yeah Ted and Victoria are basically ready for the bedroom. They're, like, all hot and heavy and panty and whatever. And then Ted's phone rings. Now, would you have answered it? Nope. You would have been, like, getting down and the phone can wait. Well, I mean, I would have checked and make sure it wasn't, like, someone who, like, if my parents were calling it that late at night, I would assume that maybe it was an emergency. Right. But... Well, what's interesting with this is it's, like, 2006. And basically they're implying he doesn't have caller ID. Because oh. he doesn't answer it knowing who it is. He doesn't look at it and go, oh, it's Barney. Ignore. Right. I'll talk to him tomorrow. He's out at the bar and I don't care. You know, oh, kind of in the on. thought of like... That cell phone doesn't have caller ID. Even in 2006? No, I agree. I mean, I know mine did, but like that's where they... I mean, obviously they're using this for a reason. It interrupts things. You know, it kind of calms things down between Ted and Victoria. We just hear... Um, Ted go, yeah, sure, have fun with that, and hang up. Like, we have no idea who he's talking to. Um, I always assumed it was Barney. And they get more wine, right? So, yeah, so Barney and Robin lose at laser tag, but they decide that they're going to leave anyway and go play Battleship. Because they've been talking about it earlier. Um, so Lily is still upset that she thinks the spark has died, but, you know, they want to kind of keep trying, and they kind of sit on the ba- edge of the bathtub together, and Marshall leans over to grab her boob, which is classic Marshall. Well, like, he's just, he tries to say some, like, 
deep nonsense like Ted and Victoria were saying to each other. And then he grabs her boob. Yeah. Um, and they do have like this, you know, intense look. And then she's like, did you pick up the dry cleaning? And so like Lily can't turn off her, you know, like adult brain and that's fine. Um, but she finally admits that she really has to pee. Like she drank way too much soda and she doesn't want to pee in front of Marshall. It'll like ruin something, which as I, I, we were talking about it. She has peed in front of Barney, although she didn't know she was peeing in front of Barney because he was asleep in the bathtub. Um, and if she pees in front of Marshall, she's going to pee all over the flame of their love. That's so dumb. <laughs> I've been with Joey for, what, it'll be seven years this year? Count, like, counting being married and counting dating before that. I've peed in front of him. It doesn't get rid of anything. That's so dumb. I know. However, well, poop would be shattering. Never, ever. <laughs> we're not ever doing that. Nope. That's where you shatter the love flame. That's I mean, why we have two bathrooms. True story. I think if someone was, like, deathly ill or something, there's, you know, like, there is a, some caveats. No. You don't think no. so? Well, okay. I was reading this Reddit thread, like, the other night where, like, what was, what was the, like, least sexy thing your spouse has done that, like, just made you even more attracted to them and there were a bunch where I was so sick and I vomited and pooped myself and they picked me up and took me to the bathroom and, and helped me clean up and blah 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 fine I guess that can be a caveat but poop is still yucky no it is as long as he can like carry me to the shower and I can take care of myself then that's I mean I've definitely vomited in front of boyfriends um but yeah I'm just saying okay yeah how is pee worse than vomiting I'm sure Lily has, like, vomited in front of Marshall before. They do oh, a lot of no, drinking. No, she won't even call it that. What does she call it? She calls it tummy troubles. Well, no. I've heard her say, like, Hurl and Ralph. and She always says it in a different room, though. No one's around. I mean, I think she's... That's the one thing maybe she... But maybe... Uh, pff, let's not... Yeah. They no, were in I college. No, I think troubles and diarrhea. Yeah. That's what I thought. No, because when she gets food poisoning later, or they think it's food poisoning, um, in a, it's way later season, you see her go in the bathroom and make a, a, a noise like a dinosaur. She's vomiting. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. like, either way. So, she, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, maybe for some people vomiting isn't as bad as... Pulling your pants think, down and exposing. I think that it goes I don't know. pee, vomit, then poop. <laughs> You're going to have fun with kids. That's my... Well, I mean, kids are different. I oh, know. She's not... I she's know. talking about her Oh, they actually... Robin and Bernie haven't decided to play Battleship yet. They go back to McLaren's. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to try and each hook up the other one with someone. They're going to wingman them. So, Robin spots a cute girl at the... Um, Thank you. (laughs) And says that she's going to go over there and get her. And Barney says, I found somebody for you, blue shirt, you know, 10 o'clock. And Robin's like, that's a woman. And Barney's like, my mistake. Or is it? But she goes up to this woman at the jukebox and says, you know, Slim Pickens are here tonight. Or like, how are you doing? And this woman turns around and goes, is this a lesbian bar? Because I was already hit on by that woman over there. In the blue shirt. In the, In the blue, blue shirt. shirt. So Robin's like, no, no, you know, I'm I'm all about the dudes. And then basically makes the woman jealous and is like, but I'm going home with that blondie. And she's like, not if I do first. And I was just like, God. 
Women. Well, no, she says that I'm trying to go home with the blondie, but he's playing hard to get. And then the woman at the jukebox was like, really? Because he seems to be totally vibing me right now. Oh, it's so terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I don't understand the, like, let's make the competition between women, like, even worse or mm-hmm. something. Or somehow that's how guys get girls is by pitting them against each other. And um, Did you notice, cool. though, also that Robin's reaction, I'm all about the dudes, is very similar to when a guy gets accused of being gay and they're like, no, I'm totally about the ladies. What yeah. are you even talking about? She was very, def- like, I don't oh, know. super it's, defensive. It, she was defensive about it. Yeah, super defensive. Um, So he talks to the woman and then walks back and is like, let's go somewhere else or let's go play or, you know, whatever. And she, Robin's like, aren't you going to take, you know, hook up with that girl? And he's like, no. If, you know, leave no man behind if we all don't score, nobody does, or whatever. And so they decide to go play Battleship. So, uh... But she gives the other girl oh, the fucking stink eye. She does give her the stink eye, the head nod as she walks out. Um, I did think that that one moment was very funny, though. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So Lily's still about to burst, and they talk about it again. Like, why is this such a big deal? You know, you fart in front of me. And she's like, I do, but I always cover it with a cough. So... When we get to out in the living room, Victoria and Ted now can't wait to go to the bedroom. They want to do it so bad, they're just going to do it on the couch. Please don't do that. Please don't have sex on couches when you have roommates. No. I'm not even going to ask you point blank if you guys have, because I don't want to know. But please don't have sex out here. Okay, we're <laughs> done. Um, <laughs> if I do come and stay with you, you're going to need to tell me when I shouldn't sit on the couch, so okay? So your bedroom is free game, though, just not the couch. If you have sex in my room, I'll torch your bed. <laughs> I would never. If that would have sex in your bed. That's true. It's their old bed. I'm fine. Okay. No, beds is fine. If I have to sleep on somebody else's bed, I'm going to assume. Someone's had sex in this bed. Like, it's fine. It's, You're in a hotel. Someone's it, had sex uh-huh, on that bed. True story. It's more common things like couches and kitchen tables that I'm kind of like, oh, man. <laughs> I just really don't want to think okay, about it. Okay, but if you move into a new apartment, somebody's probably had sex on that kitchen counter. Probably. So, bleach, bleach, you bleach, bleach, bleach. You need to wipe down bleach, all bleach. the surfaces before you move in. <laughs> that right. should be a rule either way. And then right before you have sex on the kitchen counter. Oh, stop it. And all right, right after. We're done. Okay. So, um, Lily finally pees and then flushes the toilet, which basically gives them away. But when they walk out of the bathroom, no one's in the living room. So it's all good. But we get to Robin's apartment and um, Barney oh, thinks, what? Do we split or is it in that moment that they sit on the couch? No, and like, we split away first. Okay. okay. So, yeah, we go to Robin's apartment where Barney is calling Ted. So this is basically like a, almost like a flashback of like what was happening at like when Ted gets the phone call or he either way. No, he was in laser tag when he called. Oh, that's right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. But still, that's where we flash. Right. So, Barney thinks that Battleship is code for Robin wants to have sex with him. Is this not the international code? Right. So, um, my big question was, where is Robin taking her dogs? I still have major questions about a single person on a third, second or third floor with five dogs who never seem to get to go outside. It's done. But... Robin comes back out and Barney's in his boxers and she gets mad and then we uh, cut away again to Lily and then 
Marshall goes, oh, thank God, because I have to take a whiz. And then and then we cut back to Barney at Robin's and he's basically like, we make sense. Neither of us want commitment. Neither of us want kids. We both think that other stuff is stupid. Let's be together. And uh, Robin's like, well, that does make sense. But what about Ted? And then Barney says, don't worry, I already called him. And so it was at laser tag when Robin must have like been in a different room or something. And Ted's like, but we hear the sarcasm in his voice where he says, yeah, sure. Good luck with that. Barney hears, sure. Good luck with that. You know, be happy. Go for Robin. Robin kind of shows her displeasure a little bit and you just see Barney's little, little Barney light bulb go, oh. Tiny Barney. Tiny Barney says, you have a little Barney. Um, calls her out for still liking Ted and they have a kind of a sweet little heart to heart. Talk about the bro code. And this is one of my favorite things. The first bro won't tell the mutual bro that the third bro likes him just like the third bro won't tell the mutual bro that the first bro went bare pickle in front of her it made me want pickles so bad (laughs) but he didn't actually go bare pickle he still had his boxers on yeah for tv purposes well okay so he could have whipped it out or whipped it back in, I mean, yeah. before the camera cut to him. TV magic. TV magic. And also Ted retelling this. It's true. So Ted being like, oh, Robin and him, you know, didn't see, he didn't, she didn't see anything. She's still, you know, meant for him. So we cut back, though, finally to the apartment. And this is where we're going to wrap things up. So Lily is still upset. Um, Marshall does try to make her upset, but they, or make her less upset. And they do a little bit of mocking of the pretentiousness that um ted and victoria had been doing and they start making out on the couch ted walks out in his bathrobe and is like get a room but why isn't he surprised that they're home that's what i'm saying yeah they were supposed to be gone he's in his sex days oh he might also know that they're kind of terrible and cancel their plans a lot like this would be like me coming home and you guys being here and i'd be like okay that makes sense because you canceled what you were gonna do I would not cancel a weekend getaway though. I cancel like a day, tr- like a day trip somewhere or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's push through because we've been talking for a goodly amount of time, and we still need to get through friends. Goodly. A goodly amount of time. Yeah, I went I Shakespeare. Have to go, huh? I have to go to the bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom. All right, hurry, okay. hurry, hurry. Hold on. All right, so Friends episode fourteen is called the one with the candy hearts, and we are into. Um, February of technically 1995 at this point. I was four. Wait, no, I wasn't. I wasn't even four. Yeah, I was three. You were three. Stop talking. (laughs) Um, so they're at the coffee shop and it's just the boys so far. We see that there's a cute girl at the counter and she's kind of looking over at them and they ask who she is and Ross is like, oh, she's from my building. Um, you know, should I ask her out? I, I borrowed an egg from her one time or something. And he just literally has no chill. Like, he just can't, he just can't even talk to somebody. And the boys are like, oh, yeah, you should totally do it. You know, she's cute. She seems available and interested in you. And she's not a lesbian. I, or your wife was, I mean, it just comes up in the first 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. I can't with it, guys. Like, stop. You already know how I feel. I'm not a fan of all the jokes about it. It's yes. super overdone and inappropriate. Yeah. Hello, 90s. Hello, 90s. So... 
they get Gunther or somebody to bring them so, an egg. It was a server. At what the coffee shop. shop has a raw egg? They probably have like omelets and eggs and stuff. If they have like little dishes of food, they have baked goods. Yeah, but if they're baking them from and, scratch, you need some goddamn eggs. I, I mean, they have like tables and stuff. I figure maybe they have like little breakfast dishes. I'm guessing they're getting their baked goods from like Sparrow Bakery in downtown Bend. They're not making them themselves, Kathleen. Then what the flip do they have that big kitchen for? It used to be a bar. <gasps> oh, that's true. All right, we don't know that yet, so I feel like the egg is still out of well, context. Well, know that. <laughs> is this a twenty-four hour coffee shop? No. No. Okay. No. They close at like nine or ten o'clock. Oh, I guess that's right. There is that scene yeah, where yeah, Rachel's closing. Yeah, because Rachel closes down one night and Ross comes in to, to help her. her. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so he goes over to give her the egg and. Uh, Joey and Chandler are talking and Joey's like how do you think he's going to do and Chandler's like oh he's got no chance this is suicide this is like social suicide something like that so uh, I think it's cute I know so Rachel is working and Phoebe and Monica come in and Monica's yelling at Phoebe and tells Rachel that to tell Phoebe not to do it she has a date with Roger who is only from like what last episode yeah. Yeah, who was, like, super yelly, and I added that clip to the last uh, one later, so you'll have to go listen to it. It wasn't the greatest audio, and I apologize, but I'm still working on getting, like, recording things on my phone and then putting them in the episode. But basically, Phoebe says that she really wants a date for Valentine's Day. She's tired of being alone, and, you know, Monica's like, why date a creepy guy on Valentine's Day? You can date a creepy guy all year, all year long. I know I do. And it's it's just so sad that they like they have to accept that they have to date the creepy guys. So uh, Joey and Chandler are like, you know, we already have plans. We have a double date, and I haven't had a you know Chandler's like I haven't had a date since Janice, which we know was New Year's Eve mm -hmm. into New Year's, so that's six weeks. Um, but Ross comes over and is like, I got a date with her, and Chandler hugs him and squishes the egg. That's in his breast pocket of his suit. Why would you put an egg in your pocket? It's Ross. It's Ross. That's the I, only answer that there call. is for that. Allison's <laughs> correct, ma'am. Because he is just a goober. Like, a he, goober. Okay, He's a douchebag. I and... have no room to talk. Because I put eggs in my apron, in my robe, in my jacket. Yes, but you are actually getting them from the chickens that you own and feed and raise. So Right, but I did smash one in a thing once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you did. I'm gonna get you a better little egg apron or something. Um okay. so we get to the double date. So Joey and Chandler are talking and Chandler's like, Okay, now when these girls come in, you get the nice one, I get the mess. Joey's date comes in and she's, you know, your typical kind of like I guess New York girl of that time that you see, yeah. The, yeah, the stereotype, the like the big hair, the done up nails. Joey, I'm gonna go watch the cab off my fingers, and you know she orders her, you know, drink. I'm from White Zinfandel. Uh, did you say yet though that she looks at Chandler and she's like, "Oh, look what you brought," and, and Chandler, Chandler's like, "And what did you bring?" <laughs> oh, she's checking her coat, and so she I have feelings about this scene, but she's going, I, yeah. So she says to Joey, you know, order us a drink. I'll be right back. Janice wants red. And she just walks away. And you see Joey's head kind of cocked to the side like, well, she said Janice. But 
she what must, are the chances? Right. She has to mean, yeah, she has to mean somebody else. And you just see, like, Chandler's face is kind of inquisitive, like, let it not be, let it not be. And then she walks in, and I think this is the very first one, I swear to you, I think it is. Oh. oh my God. God. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think it might be. I really do think it is the very first one. In that, in the very way that she delivers it that way, and if, if I'm wrong, I would love our listeners to correct us. Um, but Chandler's face just breaks. Like, it just drops in a way where you're just kind of like, oh, God. let Like, again, let the ground open and swallow me whole. Like, he's so upset. So Chandler's in the bathroom, like, pounding his head against the wall. He's like, that's it. I'm going out the window. I can't do this. I've dumped this woman twice in five months. I'm not spending the evening with her. And, okay, so there's two things I feel about this in this exact moment. One, Chandler is an epic asshole for having dumped her twice in the last five months. Mm -hmm. But two, for him to recognize that he should not spend the evening with her at a date for having done these two things in the last five months, I kind of want to give him a little credit that he goes, that he wants to leave the situation rather than making it worse. I don't think he wanted to leave for not making it worse. I think he just felt awkward and didn't want to be there. It's completely self-serving. You think? I mean, yeah, he is, I do think it's self-serving. I think he have left. He's awkward and hopeless and desperate for love. It's what he exactly said on New Year's Eve. I'm awkward and hopeless and de- desperate for love. Oh, no. He's completely self-serving <laughs> all the way through because he knew he didn't like Janice and he still invited her to New Year's Eve so he didn't have to be alone. I'm not saying that, like, that's not a human thing to do and that any one of us wouldn't have done that, but it's still self-serving. I know. I just love him so much. Okay. (laughs) So we we cut away from this and we go to the girls. You love the assholes. I do. And they're... But he's a very lovable asshole. (laughs) The girls are comparing the previous terrible boyfriends that they've had. Rachel talks about a guy who was a crier during sex or as he was... Was it good for you? (laughs) Was it good for you? And... Monica, and this is one of my favorite ones too, is she's like, remember the I win guy? And they're like, no. And she's like, I win, I win. And she says, I dated him for two months and I didn't win once. Which is you and I coming from, it's just terrible. I mean, I think it also, we know that there is something to be said for that, that maybe like she didn't know to tell him what would get her to win. Oh no, Monica knows. We, we don't know that yet. God, I can't wait until that episode. Seven. knows what to tell him. Okay, I'm going to have so... We're going to have to... Like, that's going to be a special extended episode. We're going to have to put it in the show notes so that it's going to go way longer because I have so many feels about that episode. Well, I think one way for her to win is to not have the guy yelling that he's winning. Oh, that's true. Um, that's off-putting. So Phoebe says that they can do a cleansing ritual. So there's two there's two options for this because the girls, especially Rachel, are not convinced. They can either dance around naked with twigs, sticks, sticks, or they can burn things. I have done the burning. I have. I've burned pictures and a letter and something else, both a letter that I was given when we first started dating and a letter he gave me when he like broke up with me right around the time that he got married. I had a little barbecue, like an actual little desk or tabletop barbecue, and I burned his all the shit that he had given me. Yes. I have not done the actual burning, but I have done the gathering and throwing the shit away thing. Good. No, the burning felt very good. I liked watching his words like melt with 
It was nice. A little bit of a pyro. Just a tiny touch. <laughs> I have a tiny touch of pyro. Okay. Give it all back. So we're back at the date, the double date. Um, Joey's date is a little aggressive, you know, uh-huh. kind of like making out with him at the table, puts her toes around his junk. Um, Did you know that I, I've been able to pick up quarters with my toes since I was a little girl? Quarters or a roll of quarters? <laughs> um... So Chandler has hate in his eyes Jump for joke. pretty much everyone at that table. And Janice says, you know, Chandler, I took all the pictures of us and I cut out your head. So I just have a bag of your head if you want them. Like, so she's, she has hate, man. She, and what's like, that's what's funny and we're going to find it is like, you, you really only hate the people that you still have like feelings for, right? Like you can't get there without some sort of feeling or some sort of love and hate or whatnot well just an unresolved issues you know like Chandler doesn't want to keep seeing her because there's unresolved issues right like he doesn't want to keep running into her so um Joey's date wants to leave and slather chocolate mousse all over him and he leaves his credit card I do think it's funny that he says he doesn't know what slathering means so they're playing more into the Joey is an idiot thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can we also talk about Joey's credit card for five seconds? Okay. Chandler pays all of Joey's bills. I don't think we kind of know that yet, though. Like, we might know that as an, un, as an underpaid slash out-of-work actor that Chandler at least pays the rent, but maybe Joey has enough side gigs that he gets enough money, so he has this, like, backup credit card. You know what I'm saying? Because right, he still it. lives in New York and he wants to take girls out. So, I don't know. But yes, he gives them. And so Janice and Chandler decide to get drunk. At a very nice restaurant. Like, they have upholstered chairs and, mm-hmm. like, white tablecloths mm-hmm. and stuff. That's bougie. So, <laughs> bougie. We cut away. And when we come back, Chandler's in bed. Okay, hold on. Quick sidebar. Go. I overheard a conversation at work today and a woman, like, a a group of people were talking about the word bougie and a woman in the group was like, yeah, I thought that was pronounced bogey until recently. Like the golf term bogey? I don't know. Oh my. Um, that was a good one. So Chandler has both of his hands on his chest and then a third hand is on his chest and you kind of see him turn his face and Janice is just right there, and she's smiling, and she's awake, and she's not hungover. Even though they ordered two bottles of champagne, uh-huh. I would be so... Champagne gives me really bad headaches, but I would be so hungover. And she's like, happy Valentine's Day! Now, this will become known later in Barney's Bro Code as you never go from the 13th to a, the 14th with a woman. Because it means something. And he's not wrong. And this is where I come back to things we've talked about before. You don't have a first date or a date with someone you don't necessarily love or like, sorry, to a wedding, New Year's Eve, or Valentine's. Agreed? 100% on board with that. Those are some very, like, Mm. those are Ted-centered romantic moments that will fuck your life up if you're with the wrong person. Yeah. And we're about to find out. So she thinks that they're back together. He's trying to get her out of his apartment. She pulls him out. Oh, kiss me. And Monica comes out to get the paper or to steal his um, TV guide, which, you know, will come back to haunt everyone later. 
Uh, so she calls Rachel out to come say good morning, and they all have a good laugh. And then she goes back into the apartment and is like, I gotta go get something. She calls Ross on the phone, <laughs> hands the phone to, to Janice. Hello, Ross, how did you know it was me? <laughs> And then Joey comes walking home from his night with the the chocolate slatherer and is like, oh, God, Janice is still here. We cut away from this, which is just one of the most awkward, like, five people in a space you can ever think of, to Ross at Benihana, which is funny because we were just talking about Benihana yesterday. Yeah. So. And there's a Himium episode of Benihana. Is there? Shit off, duck tie. Oh yeah. They call that one Shinjoku though. It's okay, a different. I don't care what, I know. what they call it. Yes. <laughs> and then there's a a office episode at Benihana. Uh huh. But we only go to Benihana around my birthday, which is coming up, because you basically get dinner for free. Yes. So we're going near my birthday in a couple weeks. I'm very excited. Um, so he's on a date with the woman from the coffee shop slash from his building and Carol and Susan walk in because they're also on their like probably first Valentine's Valentine's together as a couple. Um, he has to explain to the date. Well, that's my ex-wife and her friend and she's close personal, her close personal friend and she's pregnant with my baby. So super, uh, awkward, just painful. Well, it's okay. extra awkward because they sit down and then Carol stands up to take off her coat mm-hmm. and Ross goes, oh, yeah, and she's pregnant with my baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the kicker is he he's like, I keep forgetting that. And I was saying to Julie that it's really, it makes me, like, dislike him even more because he's letting the fact that he's hung up on his ex-wife being a lesbian that he forgets that she's having his son. Do you, yeah. is there any sense, though, that you feel... A little bit of sympathy for him that he's so hung up on that and in that sense can't enjoy the fact that he's about to be a father. Do you know what I'm saying? How when someone can get so no. hung up on something that they're not going to enjoy the other side of it. I think that he is, I think he didn't want to say anything to the date because that comes up later when um, he's dating Bonnie Somerville while Rachel's pregnant mm. Mona. And yeah, Mona. He, he, yeah, Mona, thank you. Um, he tries to downplay the fact that his ex is pregnant. I think that's what it was. Well, I mean, it's a lot of stress uh, on a new relationship. If I started dating someone, and we've kind of talked about this, if I started dating someone who, like, either right away or, well, whatever, wasn't like, oh, I have a kid. To me, that's a really big deal because I have to evaluate, am I going to see, keep dating this person because I don't want children. So, yeah, but the, so the way that like these episodes have been written so far, we get way more references to Ross's ex-wife being a lesbian, being a lesbian mm-hmm. than we get any references to him having a child on the way. Yeah, He's the, the so children caught up on it. But the children actually like go into the background of the whole series. It's really terrible. That's like, not how friendships work. I will say for for all the things that we joke about with How I Met Your Mother and Friends. How I Met Your Mother treats kids way better. Marvin is always around when they, I mean. You have a baby. You have a in baby a bar. in a bar. <laughs> um, like um, Sweet Home Alabama. 
that's what yeah. I know. Because <laughs> I was asking her if that was really true about the South. Uh, eh. I mean, there, it happens up here, too. There are family bars. Yeah, it happens up here, too. It's like McMenamin's. So we went to a family bar my entire life growing up in the middle of the desert. Yeah. yeah like, we just did. Um... But we cut to the girls in the apartment. So they're, they've started the fire in a trash can. Allison was wondering why they don't go on their back porch. I mean, that little patio area would have been perfect for it. Hello. Um, it's cold. It's fucking February. That's, That's why true. you're setting a fire. <laughs> you did that one. <laughs> trash can fire trash keeps can you warm. Fire. So they start throwing things in. There's somebody's boxers and a picture of somebody and letters and a movie stuff. And then all of a sudden, Rachel's like, and Paolo's extra grappa. And Monica's like, wait, that's pure alcohol. And then, whoosh. I've never done that. No. So um, Chandler's at the coffee shop with Joey. And he's like, how do I dump her? Like, how do I explain this to her? And how do I do this again? And um, Janice comes in, and she's so excited to see them. And she grabs Joey, and she's like, you little matchmaker. And she starts, like, kissing him all over his face. And he's like... Chandler, if you don't do it, I will. I think he actually offers to kill her. Um, so here's where I got like, oh no, sorry. We're going to jump back really quick to Benihana. Um, Susan gets a page. God, I love the 90s. She has a pager. And I think it's one of those ones that had a full readout because my dad had that kind too. He had the one where it was a tiny screen and then he had one where you could actually say a message like, he had, over the years, he had different ones. Sure. Um, but what we would do is we would page him, we would put in the number we were at, we would put a star, and then we would put our birthday. And that's how he knew it was me. Oh. Because you could put in whatever message you want, however many numbers. So, okay. if I was, say, like, I was at school, and I needed to get a hold of him. So, there was a time my mom was out of town, but I was staying home alone, but I needed to get a hold of my dad. Um, to get permission to go to like an away football game. And so I would, I would put in the extension of the like yearbook room because that's where I was. And then my birthday. And then as soon as I would call back, he would just say, hi, this is Dan. And I'd be like, hi dad, it's me. I need to go to this thing. Huh. It was the coolest system though. I mean, it worked out really well. It's almost like text message. Um. We didn't have that advanced of a system for our paging. Yeah. So anyway, um, Susan leaves because of a work thing. Ross is ignoring his date and realizes Carol is sitting alone. So he asks her to come down and makes everyone at the table scooch down. Yeah. Which is awkward. Pretty. Yeah. It's kind of terrible. Um, I mean, there's a sense of like, yes, the single pregnant woman is alone and like, it would be nice if everyone scooched down, but the way he said it is so condescending. Like, everyone will just scooch, right? And you're like, well, sure, dude, now that you've said it that way. Um, We've already all ordered our dinner, and this guy's making the shit, and he's going to throw the shrimp in my hat. <laughs> I think he'd already done that part. Um, well, whatever. You get so it. We, then we see the firefighters at the girl's apartment. They've put out the fire. They call it a boyfriend bonfire and say that was, like, the third call of the night. And Valentine's Day is one of their busiest nights. I think implying that other couples are out there burning each other's shit out of anger. Oh, I'm sure. Which I find pretty funny. Um, but we're back at the coffee shop and Janice brought Chandler a gift. It's candy hearts that she had made that say Jan and Chan forever. So real quick, because we're so close to the end, but I have to ask, 
in the less than probably 12 hours since she left his apartment that morning and i believe she has a job but we don't really know where did she get these made and i mean maybe like a local candy shop could just press them out really fast yes okay i just had a lot of questions that i never thought maybe before she had them left over from last valentine's day <laughs> gross um so he finally says that he's like we shouldn't be together you know i've been trying to tell you this and i'm so sorry or whatever and she just has the most calm look on her face and she says that's fine that's you know that's fine you can break up with me but you'll be back you there as there is something in you that calls to me and she does the absolute worst impression of her own name basically but sounds like a foghorn and i'm not gonna do it <laughs> that's it okay no more no more of that that was so bad he she says you love me you just don't know you know and then she kisses him real hard and walks out and he's just like call me call me and joey just thumbs up him and is just like dude you're an idiot um so we're back at benihana now this is gonna get like pretty intense pretty fast and there is some problems here but it it's also it's a kind of sweet scene so because we really haven't seen ross for the majority of this episode right like we've seen him ask this girl out he disappears for you know almost two days and then he's at dinner so ross and carol are talking they're reminiscing about like things that happened when they were married and then he realizes his date left and he puts his head down on the counter but he kind of puts his forehead on the flat top and it's still hot which those things stay hot for a really long time yeah um you know carol's trying to cheer him up and he basically says something that i can relate to very well he doesn't want to start over he's been married they're having a baby his life is is on the track that it's supposed to be on he's got a good job he i i totally understand his point like a he needs to go to therapy oh yeah but b it's a terrible thing to think about i can't imagine my mom did it twice you know i have multiple friends parents who have been divorced multiple times i i was in two very long-term relationships it sucks is he still 27 at this point though yeah but that's not i mean terribly it's, it young sucks. he's been with her since he was like 19 that's almost a what decade you and Joey got divorced and you had to fucking... Shh, don't you put that even oh, on me, Ricky ready, Bobby. Ready, ready, ready. You're not going to. I'm just saying. Like, that's, that's where Ross is. He's your age. Well, and, and think about it in these terms, too. We haven't watched him this whole time, but we now know Lily and Marshall have been together for nine years. If either right. of them... If they are to break up, they but they did they, they do they do fuck it we're spoiling it they do and Marshall still tries to date very he unsuccessfully he's miserable he does but like I feel like if they had stayed broken up he would have like gotten into the swing of things because he was at least getting out there and trying yeah. Ross is like Ross is kind of like phoning it in well and he's super hung Ross up on Rachel like, I like Rachel I'm not doing anything to right. talk to anybody else right. because i can't have my lesbian wife and i can't have this dream girl right no i Fine. agree i agree so he he says something though that is unfortunately where he stumbles and falls and and we know this is bad and he's like so you're a lesbian let's just put that aside um let's put a pin in that 
Right. Let's put a pin in it. Stick a pin in it. I feel like those friends of ours who are lesbians would have a big problem with that phrase, with that statement. It's not something you just put aside. Right. That's like me saying, I can't even think of something that someone would look at me and be like, don't do this. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, what did you just say to me? And so he still loves her. They do kiss. And then she says, but. And he's like, oh, I hate that but. And she looks at him and says the thing that a therapist would probably say to him, too, is it's time to take the pin out. And in that sense, it's time to take the pin out of, like, him, too. The You know, take the pin out of his heart, you know, being blocked up and only for Carol. Or even for Rachel. Or even, you know, like, it's time to take the pin out that's got him stuck in whatever place he's in and move on. So, it's a very... Um, She's, it's a very prophetic thing that she says. Like, it's it's a good thing, too. She was like, so sweet in how she handled him. Because he said some really problematic things, but she knows that it was coming from a place of pain, and I just love the way she handled it. No, and we're going to see this again later, too, with the wedding, because Susan says some things to him. And, and I think that she is and has been already that voice of reason where she's like, I'm a very lovely person. If you would get to know me because yes, the way that things went down are problematic all the way around. Like, you know, Carol should have maybe, and, or however we find, we don't really find out that she end things with Ross and then start dating Susan. It, it almost seems like there's an overlap, which, Right. Which is not good for anybody. Right. Like that's not, that's not the way that you, that's not the adult way to do things. It happens. Fine. Um, but it's not fair to either one of the other people. Right. For sure. And so Ross comes into this just absolutely hating Susan and maybe he doesn't have as much reason to as he should. And then that's just it. Like he needs to give her a fair chance, especially if she's going to be in his son's life anyway. So, um, a busty woman, or no, he, she says to him, you just need to find a woman who likes men. That I did have a problem with. I have a problem with that statement because I feel like that's saying that Ross is perfect and if he can just find a woman, he just had a woman sitting next to him that obviously likes men and he ignored her enough that she left. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's like me, someone saying to me, oh, you just need to find a man that likes women and you'll be fine. I'm not, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for any guy that's just going to be like, oh, you're, you're cool. You have tits and a vagina. Let's do this. Uh-uh. I want somebody that wants me. Right. Exactly. So, I didn't love that statement, but a very busty woman who I'm guessing maybe works at the restaurant or something walks by because it's almost empty and she goes, not her. <laughs> um, and then... Our final scene, so we've because we've cut to the end credits and we're gonna cut back really quick. It's Monica, Phoebe, and Rachel at the apartment. The firefighters uh, are talking with them. They're about to leave. The girls are wearing the hats, and they're like, "We'll come back when our shift is over." And they're like, "You'll bring the big truck." And they're like, "Oh yeah, sure." And the girls are all excited because you know they're hot firemen and they're gonna show them the truck. And then the guys outside are like, "Did you tell them you're married?" No, I don't tell my girlfriend that. Why do I tell them that? Yeah, that cleansing didn't work so well, ladies. <laughs> well, they think it did. Oh, they think it worked so well. Also, this is really problematic for a ton of reasons. There are some really shady dudes. There are some really shady chicks in all professions. But we are stereotyping that because women are going to follow all over these 
sexy firefighter men, they can get away with shit. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. Just don't be a douchebag. No, it's don't true. Don't cheat partner just because there's the opportunity. Yeah. No, that's true. Ugh. Okay, so um, we are about to hit one of our longest times, so let's real quick wrap up with our friend of the day. Do you guys have one off the top of your head? Robin. Okay, and why? Because she was a bro. Okay. <laughs> Even like though that. maybe the way that Barney acts isn't her cup of tea, they both needed a friend that night, and so she filled that role, and quite well. Yeah. Kathleen? I'm going to give it to Lily. Okay. Because she, okay, granted she wanted to go out into the living room, but she stuck to course and really, like, behind the scenes wingmanned for Ted. Yeah. And Wouldn't that be both of them, though? Because they both? No, no, no. Lily gave the bigger sacrifice by peeing in front of her partner, who then turned around and said, wow, I'm glad they're gone. I gotta pee. Yeah, and I'm gonna go with Kathleen on this. Lily was my first um, choice of, you know, sacrificing her own discomfort for their love to blossom. Now, she is kind of talked into it in the first place by Marshall, and I do like that he says that basically that same thing is like, you know, he's been trying to wait so long and, you know, we got to let them have their, like, time. You got to stay in here with me. Like, my, my man's going to close the deal. Um, I think Marshall, in that sense, is mine be, 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 behind Lily because I do love the bro, like, relationship between those two that we're starting to see. Like, uh, Marshall and Ted have lots of love for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, very close-knit in that way. Um, but, yeah, Lily gets it, too, for just, oh, man, you've got to hold your pee that long, too. And it's painful. It is really painful. Painful. To hold. And I am living with some people, you're not the worst, but she can be, who have to pee all the time. I can go a good all six hours. That's time. not good no, for you. Just, I'm just saying I can. That is how I mean, get. I can, too. But I don't want to. Okay. That's how you get a UTI. Shush. Let's not talk about these things. And cranberry does not help. No, no, it doesn't. I'm trying really hard to drink. This is some of that spindrift, like sugar, no sugar. Hey, so I was at Freddy's last night just getting random girl. I went over to hang out with a girlfriend and, and do some crafty shit. And we went to Freddy's first and we went to get some LaCroix sparkling water. She and there was LaCroix. a ground sign. What? She, I was telling her you love LaCroix and I love you. I do. But there was a sign on the ground that said Spindrift. Oh. At Freddy's. Oh, yeah? Okay. But I didn't see any shelf tags. Well. So I was really confused. I have a case and a half from Costco right now, so I'm good. But they have grapefruit, lemon, and a raspberry <laughs> lime. No. And I like them a lot. And then I put frozen strawberries in it to make my own little, like, strawberry lemonade. She's the fanciest. I am the fanciest. And my hair looks like Steven's today. Don't you agree? I was thinking the very same thing. <laughs> I, looks, I I finally showed my mom that picture and she was like, oh my God, you guys could be siblings. I'm like, I know. It's true. Steven. Steven Ray Morris. I love you so much. Um, Do you want to marry him and have his cat babies? I just want to be his friend. I listen I, to the Purr cast. I want to be his friend. I want to go hike into... Um, the lava fields with him and his mom one day or something. Let's go hang out with them and bang. I did tweet at Karen and Georgia and say that if you enjoyed the Burbank airport experience, you would really love 
Long Beach to Redmond. <laughs> Throwing it out there. You're insane. All right. We need to cut it off. We should have a special guest next week. I'm going to firm it up so there will be possibly four of us. But we'll play it by ear and make sure that everyone's schedule lines up to hang out and chat. And then we are going to do some friends trivia here in Portland at a bar um, at the end of the month, right before my birthday. And I'm very excited about that. And I feel like it's possible that Gretchen and I might actually get our asses handed to us by other friend uh, fanatics here in Portland. Oh, but you know what would be funny is we should get up, we should make little, I have that card stuff, we should make little cards with the website to the podcast and hand it out at the Friends Trivia. Okay. Okay. Viral marketing, yo. Okay. Are we, anybody have anything else to add? No. Uh, I'm good. Uh, no. Okay, good. I'm going to take that <laughs> as a no. I was about to cut you off anyway. All right. Well, with that, I want to bid everyone in podcast land adieu. Please follow us on social media. Email us at howimetyourfriends at gmail.com for questions, helpful suggestions. Please, if you have Apple Podcasts, an old Apple account that you've had since you were like 15 years old and never used, go give us a rate and review because that's the only way other people are going to find us on Apple. But we're on all other podcast apps, so we appreciate any listens that you give us and any shout-outs on social media. And I think with that, we're going to say bye-byes. Bye. Bye.